We got more roster moves and Kyle Mikey going to join us today from M Live. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. good everybody matt Derry with you it is another episode of locked on lions right here on the locked on podcast network your team every single day on a wednesday august 30th and a thursday august 31st lions starting to get their practice squad together adding some more players making some more roster moves we'll get into all of it today with kyle mikey lions beat writer for mlive.com we'll do that momentarily we'll tell you about the kicking situation an additional running back no no news as of 520 right now on Craig Reynolds. Come on, Craig. Oh man, he's he's still he's still he's still fighting Debo right now. But we'll uh, we'll keep you posted on everything. Thanks for making us your first listen, checking us out wherever you get your podcast. Locked on Lions today is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Follow us on Twitter or X, as you could call it, at uh, Dat Dairy Speaks at Locked On Lions, threads at The Real Matt Dairy, uh, Matt Dairy Facebook fan page, and also on our Locked On Lions YouTube channel. Thanks for subscribing and watching. All right, before we get to Kyle Mikey, and I recorded Kyle earlier today, so there were some things that we didn't get to, but news of the day is that the Lions continue to tinker with their practice squad with their roster. Let's start with this. No surprise, Starling Thomas, who had a really, really good training camp in preseason, was claimed off of waivers by the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, the same Arizona Cardinals, by the way, they're going to be in some big trouble because reports now are surfacing that their former GM, Steve Keim, when he was suspended, their interim head coach, Steve Wilkes, was given a burner phone by the organization to continue to talk to Keim while he was suspended, and one of the names mentioned in the story by ESPN is Lions COO Mike Disner, who at the time was working for the Cardinals and supposedly was the one that gave the burner phone to the coach to use to illegally chat and, and text with the suspended general manager. I'll get to that another time. But uh, the Cardinals pick up Starling Thomas today, the Alliance cornerback who was waived and did not make the roster yesterday. So a good pickup for. Uh, for the Cardinals and Thomas, we knew somebody that the Lions were getting rid of was going to get picked up. Uh, as far as practice squad, the Lions have confirmed Dylan Drummond, Maurice Alexander, Coyote uh, Owasika, uh, Connor Galvin, Chris Smith, Trevor Nowoski, Chase Lucas, awesome news that he's back, Brandon Joseph are all in the practice squad along with, are you ready for this? Yes. The return of the money badger. Yes. Michael Badgley's back after tryouts with the Commanders and Titans. He's back on that practice squad. So, woo, the kicking circus and carousel rolls along down a 2-2-2 Rodwood Drive. So, Badgley is back. Also, according to agent Mike McCartney, Zonovan Bam Knight from the Jets, ex of the Jets, one of their backup running backs last year, did not make the team, but Bam Knight, Running back is on the practice squad. That's a nice pickup for the Lions. They're going to need backs. They only have two right now on the active roster. So as of right now, that is your practice squad. So the Lions have 11 players there, 
including uh, Max Percher, who is an international uh, player and offensive tackle. So he does not count against the 16-man practice squad as an international pathways exemption. So technically the Lions have six more spots to free up on their practice squad. But I love that Dylan Drummond's back. I love that Chase Lucas is back. Um, that's huge. But again, we're waiting to see what, what's going on with Craig Reynolds and if the team adds uh, any more receivers. We'll see what happens with Chase Cota, who right now has been waived, injured. Um, and if there will be any players, Julian Oquar or anything added to the injured reserve, if you're added to short-term injured reserve now, your roster spot gets freed up, you're out four weeks, and then the Lions can add some more players. So they're continuing to do that right now. And that's kind of the story uh, in Allen Park, at least at the moment. Not a surprise that Badgley is back. Lions have gone through 11 kickers. Badgley's been on the team like three times. So just like Riley Patterson. So we'll have to see uh, on that. We're going to talk to Kyle Meinke momentarily and get more on what he thinks the Lions are up to in terms of their roster and anything, and anything else. But first, as we told you about earlier, LinkedIn jobs are the best. Every new potential hire can feel like a high, straight, a high stress and high stakes wager for your small business. That is why you want to be 100% accurate. You want to get it right. And the best qualified candidates available, you want at your fingertips, right? That's why I have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I've used it before, still use it for hiring at my office. Uh, add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And you got simple tools, screening questions and all that that they do for you at LinkedIn Jobs. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality candidates and hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, as promised, I always love checking in with this guy, longtime Lions beat writer at MLive.com, one of the best there is. Kyle Meinke is with us today here on Locked on Lions. Kyle, great to see you, brother. It's good to see you, Matt. It's, it's days like this where that longtime Lions beat writer feels like a long time Lions beat writer. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long day on cut day. You know, what's what were the, the, these last 48 hours have got to be kind of crazy for someone that covers the team because there's no set way of doing this and you're refreshing Twitter and you're talking to agents and I'm sure other people, your sources, but it can't be easy for you. No, it's not. Um, first of all, you're seeing a lot of guys that you've gotten to know and some of whom you've gotten to respect, um, you know, lose their jobs. And Charlie and Thomas is a good example for me coming to the lines. I really respected his game and his fit for Detroit. Um, ultimately though, he was, I would think, I would think probably the, the, the first guy out, um, given their numbers at cornerback, they really liked the way a couple of guys finished the preseason, in, including um, another undrafted guy, um, Stephen Gilmore, um, Khalil Dorsey. You, you can't keep everyone with Emmanuel Mosley coming off pup. Someone had to go. It was a guy you really respect and a guy who played really well. I know the Lions were expecting to get him on the practice squad. Arizona claimed him on waivers, so he's gone. And I, a guy you've spent months working with uh, is wearing a different uniform. So it's hard from a team perspective, hard from a player perspective. And for a beat writer who's sitting in a windowless office for 12 hours, yeah, it's, it's a tough day for me too. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you, you kind of had a feeling Arizona would grab somebody from the Lions. I mean, that Cardinals roster, I mean, I'm not. I'm surprised Arizona hasn't picked up Justin Rogers yet. <laughs> 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 Have you seen Justin's 40 time? 
Hey, he's a top flight chef, at least. We yeah, know that. it's true. Follow my Instagram. You'll get, the, I mean, it's just. There it is. Exactly. There it is. <laughs> all right. But in all seriousness, this has been a nice thing for the Lions because you look at a Starling Thomas. They had, they had tough decisions to make, which means they have talent, Kyle, right? Exactly right, Matt. I mean, it's a conversation I've been having all week, and, and Ben Raven and I talked about our podcast, too. It's like there, there's been a lot of years where it's like you can basically pick 52, 53 of the spots on, on the roster, and it's because they have guys who look like they're ready for the NFL and guys who look like they don't. And this is like what you saw from the Lions this year is what good teams do. You're cutting good players. Like Starling Thomas makes this team – 70% of the time in my years on the beat, I've seen guys worse than him make the team. Uh, and it's, you know, it's not just his, his ability, but it's his temperament too. the way he played. He's the aggressive Jerry Jacobs type. Like, like th that guy is making this team uh, two years ago, guaranteed. And it just didn't happen this year for him because you have seven guys up in front of him at cornerback uh, that provide more on defense or special teams. And that's a good place to be in if you're Detroit. Kyle Mikey with us, MLive.com, Dungeon of Doom podcast. Got to give it a shout out. Uh, Kyle and Ben uh, do a great job. Get some great guests and uh, check that out as well wherever you get your uh, your podcasts. Uh, how much fun are you guys having doing that, by the way? You guys do a good job. I like it. After the first few months, Matt, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, Like it's like it's a totally different medium than writing. So it took us some time to settle in um, individually and, of course, together as well. Um, but, yeah, over the last year or so, it's been really fun. And kind of like, like especially in season, Matt, we try to use it as like – the, we do. We try to cover or talk to people. The, the kinds of do the kinds of stories that you don't get to write about. It's kind of like an extra page in your notebook, and then you just get to like talk about it with somebody. And so we've used it kind of for that, and it's been kind of a different way to talk about the team. And we've um, really enjoyed it. You and I are recording a little bit early today. A any surprise cuts, moves, anything that did surprise you from what the Lions did yesterday? Well, two running backs is a, a surprise for anyone, especially a team that wants to control games on the ground. They were very effective last year on the ground. It was the best season since Barry, since Barry was still around, which is you know, a long time ago. Um, and you have uh, all the money you put in David Montgomery. You have the high draft pick and Jimmy Gibbs. So like they're high, obviously highly invested in the running game. You don't really expect them to go into a season with two running backs. And I still don't expect them to, Matt. I think that we'll see another shoe drop. I mean, it could happen before this thing gets gets to the public. I, you know, it just things are moving really fast in the NFL right now. Could be Craig Reynolds coming back. Um, he can sign with anyone he wants. And sometimes there's a handshake agreement in place with a guy, a veteran like him, where they can come back after a, a subsequent move, like a Julian Acquar maybe going to an injured list, for example. Which I, I don't know if that's happening, but it's a possibility with what he's dealing with. So, um, and it could be someone on the waiver wire. It could be someone, well, not the waiver wire. The Lions didn't claim anyone. They weren't awarded anyone, but it could still be, be somebody in free agency. The Lions bring in as well. 29 on offense or 21 on offense, 29 on defense. Uh, that's not going to stay the same, obviously. Right. I don't think so. I think the probably, I mean, I, like I said, I think we're going to see a, at some point, maybe a subsequent move um, with, Julian Aquara, a pass rusher, with a really deep. They kept twelve defensive linemen and edge rushers. I've never, I've never seen that, um, but I think it is a testament to some of the depth we've seen. I still kind of question their their top end talent. We like Aiden Hutchinson a lot, obviously, but is Charles Harris really back? How good is Josh Pascal going to be? I, you know, there's some things to like about those guys, but there's some unprovenness around Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, but in terms of the sheer depth, the number of bullets they can throw at, uh, you know, at an offense, it's as deep as I've ever seen in Detroit. And so it's not a huge shock to see them go deep at that position. But 
Um, you know, 12 defensive linemen and edge rushers, 11 defensive backs, six linebackers. Um, maybe they do trim back at some point going into opening day. Do you think the organization thinks as highly of James Houston as the fans do? No. Um, and I don't mean that in a derogative sense. I just mean it in a fit sense. You know, we, we saw James Houston last year. At, what was it? Seven sacks in eight games, eight sacks in seven games. Something like that. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It was an NFL record. We've never seen it before. Um, he's clearly got a skill set. Um but it's really it's it's such a, a niche thing what he does. He's obviously a, a skilled pass rusher, but he doesn't really do anything else. And the Lions spent this offseason really trying to convert him to Sam linebacker. We saw him dropping into coverage, doing all kinds of things that a linebacker is supposed to do. And Matt, I just didn't see at the end of the day a Sam linebacker. I I, I just think uh, he's a situational pass rusher. Um, and I really thought he might be a trade candidate, given that, like, like I said, the depth they have at that position. Maybe they would get more value in getting something in return rather than playing him eight snaps a game or something. I don't know what his role is going to look like. Given the numbers at the position, I wouldn't be totally shocked to see him inactive, like a healthy scratch. Uh, maybe not every week, but um, certain weeks where he's not in the game plan as a situational pass rusher. And I just don't think he's really a, a, a true fit for the Aaron Glenn defense, but he has a skill set at such an important position as a pass rusher. Um, he'll get out there um, and, and those kinds of situations. It's interesting because, uh, like I said, I mean, I think from a hype standpoint, and certainly, like you said, numbers put up a lot, but there's a lot of traffic at that position, including Romeo Quara. I, I thought your piece earlier this summer was great with him and Thank you. you're rooting for him after reading what you, you know, you got to sit down with him and he was dropping all these F-bombs, but it was, I, I know that that's a guy that, uh, man, what a, what a story. And I'm glad he's healthy. Well, thanks for shouting out the story. I, it's one of the ones I really enjoyed writing, you know, this year, just kind of getting to know a guy beyond just a press conference or you know, saying what's up in a locker room. I got to go out to his place, um, on a lake and, uh, Beautiful place, Matt, as you can imagine, but it's like really Romeo style too, is like a guy who's just really into the arts and stuff. And he was able to, in that kind of environment, really open up in a way that we've never seen in his career in Detroit. And he went through a lot of stuff in the last two years that just didn't get said because he's such a private guy, including that he went through a second Achilles surgery, which yeah. is a big reason why it took him, I guess, like probably about 14, 15 months to get back onto the field. Um, it explains a lot about his long return. I think there was some concern that maybe he just didn't have it anymore. And, and once we understood that there was a second surgery and there's a good reason why it took him so long to get back on the field, I think it supplied more evidence that maybe um, he was on, on his way back, um, as the coaches had been saying. And we did see in camp, I think it was a slow start for him. We, I saw that when the story came out, it made me a little nervous that maybe I was writing too much about a guy that was kind of coming on slower. But in the last two weeks, we saw a lot more from him. And I thought he sewed up his... Uh, spot on the roster nicely and um, will come off the bench this year behind Charles Harris and um, in Hutchinson. War with Kyle Mikey, MLive.com, Dungeon of Doom podcast. We'll do that coming up next. We're going to tell you about our friends at Marg Sparkling Margaritas. You guys know, love a good drink, especially after work and after doing the podcast late in the day. Forget White Claws, forget High Noons. Margs are the best. Sparkling Margarita crafted with real Blanco tequila. Cream, a clean, crisp, genuinely tastes so good. Check out their website at SIP, S-I-P, Margs.com to find that retailer nearest you. Five unique flavors, something for everybody. That's S-I-P, Margs, M-A-R-G-S.com to find a retailer near you. Must be 21 and over to enjoy. Cheers and please drink responsibly. Kyle Mikey, back with us, MLive.com. How many years is this now for you covering this uh, this outfit, Kyle? 
This is my 11th season. What? <laughs> I know. I know. It's insane. I'm, I'm an old guy now. Old guy. But you're enjoying it. Like the, being around Dan Campbell in this group has been, has been great. I mean, gosh, before this, it was horrible, but you, this has got to be fun for you now, right? Yeah, I mean, you're catching me after a 20-hour day yesterday, so it's hard to feel the joy right now beyond the pain and the you know just disgusting nature of my existence. But um, but no, this is a fun year. It's been a, a really wild year after all these years of covering a team that just perpetually disappointed. Um, to, to see fans so genuinely excited and to see the expectation. Then to go to camp and like to see why the expectation could be for real. And I don't know if that – I mean, it's the NFL. You never really know what you're going to see. Jared Goff could get hurt on the first play, the first game. But, um, you know, when I go out to camp, Matt, to, to see, I just haven't seen this kind of depth before ever. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see how far it takes them. I think the North is there for the taking, as we all know. And I just see a really deep team. And to see that, to see a team that could really make some noise this year is, as a Lions beat writer, is very unfamiliar territory. <laughs> when you hear people say, Brian Branch could end up being the best player on this defense. Is that like, do you laugh or do you go, no, that that's possible. I go premature, but it's, it's not impossible. I'll put it that way. That's probably the wow. best way to put it. I mean, yeah. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson's a nice, nice player. I think Kirby Joseph is going to be a very nice player this year. Cedric Garner Johnson like had unbelievable days in camp. Brian Branch had unbelievable days in camp. And, and unlike most other guys on the team, Brian Branch affected the offense in every possible way a slot cornerback can picking off the pass in the, in the back end, making plays in the box, you know, hunting down ball carriers, second quarterbacks. I mean, he did all of it at some point in camp. There were days where he did all of it in a single practice. He, it was really an unbelievable performance from uh, Brian branch. I, I don't know what that means for, you know, I, I keep hearing every time I turn on the radio, it's, you know, Brian branch for defensive rookie of the year. I, you know, it's, I think hard for a slot cornerback to be up for those kind of awards. You need to pick off a lot of passes unless you're, you're Sauce Gardner. I don't know how many you know picks Brian Branch will have, but we did see a guy in, in camp, Matt, that was just unbelievable in all the ways, including generating the takeaway. How concerned are you are, are you in the with the receiver room? Are they done? And obviously the Jameis Williams situation. I know your email and Twitter blows up for Jameis stuff, <laughs> but what? And when you look at it big picture, what do you think? I've never seen my email or my Twitter blow up like it does for Jamo. I mean, even like the most innocent tweet about Jamison Williams drops pass. I, I could tweet that out and I'll right. get a hundred comments that are trashing me. And it's like, <laughs> Hey, I'm just standing on the sideline. Like, you know, like, like tweeting about like what he did. Like if you get upset, take it out on Jamo or whatever. But, um, my concern for the room at receiver is, is relatively low. You know, I mean, the, the offense is so well-baked. It's, it's so balanced. There's so many playmakers. I'm on Ross St. Brown leading the way, obviously, at receiver. But uh, Sam Laporta, I mean, he was fantastic in camp as well. Jimmer Gibbs is going to be really involved in the passing game. Um, now, there's a lot of guys who can catch passes who aren't just receivers. And then you do have the receivers like Josh Reynolds, Marvin Jones, Khalif Raymond, who I think is still criminally underrated. So, like, you really are going to miss the explosiveness of J-Mo, and there's no disputing that. This offense would be better with J-Mo in the arsenal. But they do have, I think, enough weaponry at hand to get by for six weeks. And I don't know how many wins that translates to. I don't know if it translates to a win on opening night. You're better off with J-Mo. I'm not, like, putting it any other way. But they do have depth at receiver and at in, in the passing game at large. What about this kicking situation? I mean, this is, that's where I get hit. People hate on me, but 
you just list the names. I mean, it's 11 names. Not, well, Badgley now for the 15th time. But, like, come on. Brad Holmes done such a great job. Why can't they figure this out? Yeah, I mean, it's a problem across the league unless you, you find your guy and roll with him for 15 years. But, um, you know, I, I think that, like, I understand when Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell took over that they were in a different place then. They were in the beginning stages of a rebuild and paying Matt Prater – Whatever it was going to cost, I don't remember what it was, three, four million a year. Like, it doesn't really make sense to pay that much for a kicker in a year where you know you're going to win two, three, four games. So, I understand it from that perspective. But you did let an, a great kicker just walk out the door without even pursuing him. And since then, I think it's up to 11 guys, maybe 12. Yeah. And you're currently 11. on the trade yeah. block trying to find a guy to replace Roddy Patterson, who won, quote unquote, the job in camp, but like we saw him in the preseason finale, you know, like I would say he's a pretty consistent guy inside 50 yards. Like I wouldn't be too concerned about Riley Patterson missing a bunch of extra points like he did in the finale. But what you saw in the 53 yarder that came up short, that is Riley Patterson. That, that, that That's why he didn't get the job the first time he was in Detroit. It remained the thing with him in Jacksonville and in camp. We saw it too. I, you know, there were certain days where you saw a bigger leg maybe, but I wouldn't rely on him be up beyond 52, 53 yards. And as a title contender, like Detroit aspires to be really hard to go into a season feeling good about your chances without a kicker who can make a kick beyond 50 yards. Um, final thing for Kyle, when you look at the division, uh, how, how do you, I know you're going to write about it, but give us a sneak preview. How do you rank one, one through four right now? Oof. You're putting me on the spot. I haven't gotten to that part in my, uh, Preparation. I do. I think the Lions win the division. I think the Lions win the division, though. I, I've been out on that limb already. Um, I can't remember. I picked ten or eleven wins, but I mean, I just watch this team every day. They're really deep. I think they're really well coached. They fit their coach really well. They've got something to them that's that's you know a bigger than some of their parts, and that's not really something I've seen in Detroit before. The defense is much improved. I, I think the offense might take a little bit of a step back just based on what I saw in camp. I don't think they really found that groove they had last year. But I think that they'll be very good and very deep, especially in the passing game, and the defense is much better. Um, and to your question about the, the the division, you know, it like I think the Packers are going to take a step back. I think the Vikings were, were fraudulent last year, and the Bears are – the Bears, I mean, I, I don't know – I think there's still a couple of years away. So I think the, the division is there for the taking for Detroit and how it shakes out behind them. I, I think Jordan Love is going to be better than a lot of people give him credit for. So maybe Green Bay second, um, Minnesota third, Chicago fourth, if I'm just going off the cuff here. Um, but I do like the Lions chances quite a lot. All right, brother. Great to see you. you. Keep up the great work. Always love talking to you. Thanks so much. Always love catching up, Matt. Good to see you. Kyle Mikey with us, MLive.com and the Dungeon of Doom podcast. This has been a Wednesday edition, Thursday edition, I should say. Oh, it is Wednesday. Wednesday edition of Locked On Lines.